0: Hi, this is Jeff Dixon, and I'm the pastor of Waterlife Miami here in Miami, Oklahoma. And this is our podcast as it pertains to what's going on Wednesday nights with our prayer and worship nights. This particular message focuses on fasting, and more particularly, it focuses on the Daniel Fast. I hope you enjoy. I want to take some time over the next couple of weeks and teach on fasting and prayer. Because nothing moves the heart of God like asking him to move. And nothing prepares us to receive like fasting. Um, so, I'm going to move super duper fast. So, I will make my notes available to anyone that wants them because they're really not my notes. I'm just going to tell you that right now. Uh, when you come across somebody that's got better teaching than you can put together, you just run with their teaching. So, um, this is the pastor. Uh, a lot of these notes come from the pastor from James River up in Springfield. uh, But anyway, um, I I need to define something first, and that is defining what a fast is. Uh, The straight-up, black-and-white definition of fast is going without the purposes of food. Going without food. Typically, in terms of food, we can fast like TV or social media. We can fast uh, nicotine or caffeine. Uh, There are things that we can fast. As well, but the black and white answer is a fast deals with neglecting our body of food. Again, that's not always going to be necessary um, or possible. Uh, I've know of you know mothers that are feeding their own children from what their own factories can produce. That kind of thing probably don't need to be fasting, Um, but you can food that is. But you can come up with something. So um, that is what definition of fasting is. What it's not. It's not a Christian voluntary abstinence from food. No. It is a Christian, sorry. It is a Christian's voluntary abstinence from food for spiritual purposes. It is not just skipping a meal. That's, that's what I want us to know. It is not just skipping a meal. It is not a diet. Fasting is not going on a diet so you can lose weight. Um, Fasting is doing something to move the heart of God in your life and in your situation. There are several different ways that we fast. There's a normal fast. This is abstaining from all types of food except water for an extended period of time. It could be one meal. It could be, even though I said it's not just skipping a meal, we'll talk about what we do during the times that we don't eat or why, why um, the fasting is important. Um, but it is. We um, could be one meal. It could be a day a week. It could be one week a month. It could be one week, period. It could be a 40 day complete no intaking of food. Can you imagine? I'm praying. God, I'm not going to tell you, you can't tell me to do a 40 day fast, but I have a hard time after about day five. Uh, there's an absolute fast. This is abstaining from food and water. Now, I, I know your body can't go for so long without water, right? So we're going to expect this to be a little shorter term fast. There's a. Uh, supernatural fast. This is abstaining from all food and water for a period of time that would be humanly impossible. Now, if you do that one, you better have a thus say of the Lord and several people confirming with you that you need to do that and you need to do it under the care of a doctor. Just going to say that out there. I don't know that anyone's going to be called to a supernatural fast. Um, but in the terms of fasting, uh, think about Jesus for a minute. Jesus, there's a, there's a story that we're going to look at here in Mark chapter 9, I've got none of this for the screen, um, but uh, like I said, that's why I'll give you your notes. In Mark chapter 9, uh, there's a scenario where Jesus' disciples were asked to cast a demon out of a, a guy, and they couldn't do it. And Jesus' response to them in this says, This kind of fast, or this kind cannot be driven out by anything but prayer and fasting. So we're gonna do a Daniel fast as a church, and this, um, the idea behind a Daniel fast is to enhance our effectiveness spiritually speaking. So in this case with the demons, they couldn't, the disciples couldn't cast out the demon, but Jesus did, and it came through prayer and fasting. He says it's not the kind of fast or the the kind of thing you can do without prayer and fasting. So this Daniel fast that I'm going to talk about in a little bit, I I attached an attachment to our group chat that has an awesome little link to simplify what a Daniel fast is. and What? Okay, we got to get Erica in that group, that, that fast, group fast. Sorry, you weren't intentionally left out. Um, Alana's fixing our group. Um, but anyway, um, here's the deal about a Daniel fast. It is not made for food to be enjoyable. But it's not a complete fast. We can eat during a Daniel fast just for what that's worth. But uh, Daniel said in uh, Daniel chapter 10, verse 3, I ate no pleasant food, no meat or wine came into my mouth, nor did I anoint myself at all till three whole weeks were fulfilled. So Daniel fast is also three weeks, 21 days long. Okay? In the little cheat sheet that is attached to our thing, if you'll notice some of you are going to have some headaches for a week or so because there's no caffeine on a Daniel fast. Lord Jesus, help me, right? There's no carbs, necessarily. There's no sugar. Now you're like, I'm out, I'm out, you lost me. I'm not going to listen to any more of this teaching. Um, There's no dairy products, bread with yeast. It's only natural things, beans, uh, fruits and vegetables, nuts. You can eat nuts with that. Um, And it is typically three weeks. Jesus never commanded a fast. I want you to understand this. I'm not up here to say you must. Jesus never commanded a fast, but he did indicate that fasting was part of a follower's life. How do I know this? Well, in Matthew 6, talking to believers, he says, when you fast. In Matthew uh, 6, that was 16 and 17, he repeats, and when you fast. And he also goes, when you pray and when you give. So praying, fasting, and giving is part of a normal believer's life. Matthew nine fifteen says, the days will come when the bridegroom is taken away from them, And then they will fast. Now, the bridegroom, Jesus, has ascended into heaven. Now, we get to experience his presence. He makes himself known. But we are in a time of fasting. Jesus understands his followers will fast for the purposes of seeking him. By fasting, we will see God do something that we wouldn't have otherwise seen done in our lives. Think about that. This opens the door for some unusual things. And I don't mean weird, unusual. I mean some not normal occurrences of God doing things in our lives. But I want you to also get this. When it comes to food and fasting, we can literally eat our way out of God's will. There will be times that he calls us to him and we go to McDonald's instead. There will be times when he calls us to him, but depression speaks or comes in and it becomes chips and salsa kind of night or cookies. We go to food Instead of to God, I, I don't know about you, but I'm one of those people. I am a comfort eater. I eat uh, as an escape. It is my alcohol, so to speak, or my drug of choice. Food is my drug of choice. Um, so, but in doing so, if I go towards the food instead of listening to what God do you want me to do in this situation, I can eat my way out of God's plan. There is an example of this. It's Hebrews chapter 12, 16 talks about Esau. And it says in chapter 12, verse 16, it says, Watch out for the Esau syndrome. Think about that. Trading away God's lifelong gift in order to satisfy a short-term appetite. You You well know how Esau later regretted that impulsive act and wanted God's blessing. But then it was too late. Tears are no tears. In that scenario, when you look at the Old Testament, when you look at the story of Esau giving up his birthright for a pot of beans. Literally. He traded his birthright for a pot of beans. The purpose of this is to not make anyone do it. This is to set ourselves up for powerful things to happen, though. So I'm not here to manipulate anyone into fasting. I'm not here to point and say, oh, I'm watching you. I'm going to see. I'll know. No, that's not about that at all. This is to help us keep our body and our sinful nature in check. This is called discipline. We need a little bit of discipline in our lives. Galatians 5.17 says, The sinful man wants to do evil, which is just the opposite of what the spirit wants. Think about that. The sinful man wants to do evil. The spirit man wants to do just opposite. What's opposite of evil? Good. Or righteousness, right? And the spirit gives us desires that are the opposite of what the sinful desire or nature desires. These two forces are constantly fighting at each other. So what we're doing is we're getting our flesh in check to be able to... uh, Feed and strengthen our spirit man so that our natural, our sinful man no longer has the reins. And I don't know about you, but I oftentimes feel like my, spirit, my, my, sorry, my sinful man has the reins, is in control. And that's what we're going to do over the next 21 days starting Sunday is get our spirit man back into control. Five things that will happen when we fast. And I've got to pick it up because I'm already, I've got four minutes and I'm just in my introduction. Five things that will happen when fast. First, fasting helps secure favor in situations. And I'm just going to read through this. I'm going to try not to expand too much. Nehemiah in the Old Testament is the chief advisor to the king of the most powerful empire in the world at this time. This is the uh, Persian Empire. And he's advisor to that king. Almost 50 years before what I'm about to read about, uh, Jerusalem has been allowed by the king to begin to rebuild their walls. The Jewish people are now being allowed to rebuild their walls around Jerusalem. It is a place of protection and a hope. Um, they rose up and they told the king of Persia, or some Jewish people, however, rose up and they told the prince of Persia that rebuilding the walls was bad news. So he stopped the building of the walls. We can read this in in Ezra chapters 4 and 5. And they stopped the building, burned the gates, began to tear down the walls. And this hurt or bothered Nehemiah to a great extent. And Nehemiah thought that's not how it should be. We've got to have this, this place of God fortified. Fasting will move God in response to your situation, check this out: in Nehemiah chapter one, verse four. It says, "As soon as I heard these words, I sat down and wept and mourned for days, and I continued fasting and praying before the God of heaven." And that was ch- verse four. In verse eleven, he sa- it says, "O Lord, let your ear be attentive to the prayer of your servant and to the prayer of the servants who delight, uh, I'm sorry, who delight to fear your name and give success to your servant today and grant him mercy in the sight of this man." And I was a cupbearer to the king. And what happened is the king said, go ahead. He had favor with the king to begin to build the wall. You see, he's been fasting and he's been praying not just for a day, but for four months. So that the man in charge would have a change of his heart and his mind. And he did so. First thing, fasting helps secure favor in our situations. What is your situation? What are you going through? Where do you need favor? What do you need God to do on your behalf? And maybe fasting before the Lord can allow something to happen that changes the heart of the wicked. such a powerful thing. Number two, fasting can bring healing. Isaiah 58 is a chapter on fasting. And in verse 8 it says, There shall be light break forth like the dawn, and your healing shall spring up speedily. Did you hear that? Your healing, it will come speedily. Your righteousness shall go before you. The glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. And I remember... Talking oftentimes about when God seems to be gone. But really what he's done is he's moved from in front to guard our back. Interesting thing to think about there. But just know that fasting can bring healing. Number three, fasting prepares us for a new season of ministry. Uh, every year there's a new season of something that we're stepping into as a church. Fasting prepares us for a new Uh, season of ministry and I wouldn't want to do this without all of us together in unity in Acts chapter 13 verse 2 it says while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting the Holy Spirit said to them he said set apart for me Barnabas and Saul to the work which I have called them this is a calling of a change of the guard a change of the way of ministry Uh, I don't want to do this without God fasting aligns us with God's plan especially for this year you might have a big decision you need to make a change in your life some kind of move in a different direction, fast. And when you fast, powerful things will happen in your life. It, it's impossible for you to fast and for God not to do big things. Think about that. It's impossible for you to fast and God to remain silent or God to remain inactive in your life. You've got to watch out for his timing because oftentimes we go into fast and 21 days later, we're like, I didn't hear the word of God at all. Then we begin to live in the uh, vo- voice of God, so to speak. Over the next several months. If not through the whole year. Number four fasting empowers us. And gives us greater awareness of God's presence. When you begin to seek God and get hungry. This will move your heart to God. Here's the deal. Even on a Daniel fast. You will be hungry. Do you know what we need to realize. Is those pains in our stomach. Are not to draw us to food. They're to draw us to the king. And when you begin to get hungry. Get into your word. Get into worship. And get into prayer. Get into the presence of God and allow Him to nourish your soul instead of the food that we go to uh, instead. So, And that's not a case of I'm hungry, nuts are on my okay list. I'm going to pop some nuts. No, when you're hungry, go to the presence of God. I would encourage you on a Daniel fast to set specific times to eat. So don't eat throughout the day. Eat three meals and maybe a couple of snacks in between, but time it. Set an alarm. Go by the schedule the best that you can. So it, it empowers... Um, us to, and gives us greater awareness of God's presence. Luke four one. Jesus, full of the Holy Spirit, says, "Let the Jordan left the Jordan and was led to the Spirit of God into the wilderness. So he left where he was baptized and he went into the wilderness where he fasted for forty days. That was Luke chapter four verse one. Now check this out. Luke four fourteen. Jesus returned to Galilee in the power of the spirit and it's there that he began to do his miracle ministry he didn't perform any noted miracles at that point prior to fasting and going out being full of the holy spirit from this on point on miracles began to happen in jesus ministry isaiah 58 remember that chapter in the book of isaiah that was a chapter on fasting says in verse 8 then shall your light break forth like the dawn and your healing shall spring up speedily we read that earlier right not quite sure why I'm reading it again but we'll read it again. Your righteousness shall go before you the glory of the Lord shall be your rear guard. Then you shall call and the Lord will answer. You shall cry and he will say, I love this. Are you ready? He will say, here am I. What a powerful thing to be in. I've fasted, I've sought God and I cry out to him and he says, "Here I am." We have his attention. You want to see God in your situation? I encourage you to fast. Fifth point. Fasting helps us discern God's will and break Satan's grip. Fasting helps us discern God's will and breaks Satan's grip. Do you think that Satan has his grip on Miami, Oklahoma? Do you want to break that grip? It's going to take fasting. It's going to take us as a group getting downright gritty in the things of God. Daniel ten one. Through four, it says, In the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, revelation was given to Daniel, who was called Belteshazzar. This is the guy that this fast that we're gonna do created. It's a message, uh, its message was true and concerning a great war. Now, I'm not gonna teach on it today, but this great war that's going on, it's one that started then, it continued on for years to come. As a matter of fact, it's still going on, and it will continue on uh, even through the Antichrist and through the coming of Jesus. the, uh, this is a big-time war. And this understanding the message came to him in a vision. At that time, did you catch that? This understanding came to him in a vision. He was in a place of fasting. We'll look at that. At that time, I, Daniel, mourned for three weeks. I ate no choice food. No meat or wine touched my lips. And I used no lotions at all until three weeks were over. And on the 24th day of the first month. On the 24th day of the first month, you realize that Daniel didn't hear from God during his 21 days. He didn't hear him on 22. He heard him on 24. He doesn't hear from God until the fast is complete. Three days after his fast, the Lord Jesus appears to him. Jesus hasn't even come and walked this earth, but what we call the pre-incarnate, the pre-fleshly Jesus, the Jesus that was there at the very beginning of time when God created Jesus appears to Daniel, and I'm almost done here. It says, on the 24th day of the first month that as I was standing at the bank of the great river of Tigris, verse 5 says, I looked up and there before me was a man dressed in linen with a belt of fine gold from euphaz around his waist. His body was like topaz, his face lightning, his eyes like flaming torches, his arms and legs like the gleaming burnished bronze, and his voice like the sound of the multitude. Now we can compare this to the Uh, Revelation chapter 1, and when you put them side by side, in context, you can see this is Jesus. Jesus has appeared to Daniel. Daniel was the only one who saw this vision. Mind you, Daniel was the only one who fasted. Those who were there uh, with me, he said, did not see it. But such terror overwhelmed them that they fled and hid themselves. So I was left alone, gazing at this great vision. I had No strength left. My face turned deathly pale, and I was helpless. Then I heard him speaking, and as I listened to him, I fell into a deep sleep. My face to the ground. He got into the presence so strongly that he literally passed out. He literally fell over in the presence of God. Can you imagine the presence of God being so strong in this place that we pass out, so to speak, that we can't stand in that presence You hear the voice of God to that effect, and you cannot stand. And then verse 10, it says, A hand touched me and set me trembling on my hands and knees. He said, Daniel, you who are highly esteemed, consider carefully the words I'm about to speak to you. Stand up, for I have now been sent to you. When he said this to me, I stood up trembling. Then he continued, Do not be afraid, Daniel. Since the first day that you set your mind to gain understanding and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard, and I have come in response to them. When did, this is the angel of the Lord, by the way, when did this angel move towards Daniel? Is it after his fast or from the very first day? Well, he says right here, since the first day that you set your mind to gain understanding. From the first day, God begins to move in our direction. But, we read in verse 13, but the prince of Persia's kingdom resisted me twenty-one days. This is a battle that went on for twenty-one days, and it was such a big battle. We've got to realize that this man, that is this angel, that's speaking, is a pretty stout angel. And it goes on. Then it says, "Then Michael, and even stouter. He's like the the highest angel of angels. He's the most. He's the strongest angel. He's the craziest. The 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 biggest." You know what I'm trying to say? They're not saying, right? He's, a, he's, he's the most powerful of angels. He says, that Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me because I was detained there with the king of Persia. Now I have come to explain to you what will happen to your people in the future for the vision concerns a time yet to come. See, the solution to my situation is not physical. Think about this. The solution to your prayer requests today is not a physical solution. Now, it would be great. The physical is... Your house gets done, right? Or whatever. It's There are physical, but the, 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 the solution is not physical. It is spiritual with a greater reality. The spirit is what we're supposed to have, a greater reality than this world, than these chairs in this room. What we enco- uh, encounter in the spirit realm should be the greatest reality that we have. Well, I sure hope you've enjoyed today's podcast. I hope it's challenged you and enriched your life. I hope it's helping you live a life closer to service with Jesus Christ. Hey, if it's done anything for you today, if it's meant anything, we could use your support. And there's several ways you can do that. First off, you can pray for us. Pray as we're doing our church plant here in northeastern Oklahoma that God is totally blessing all of our efforts. But also in the area of support, if you want to give financially to what we're doing, you can go to our website at wlmiamma.com. That's W-L-M-I-A-M-I dot com and click on the Give tab and go through the process there to contribute. And also, if you are in the area near Miami, Oklahoma on a Sunday morning, why don't you join us for our live experience at 10 a.m.? We'd love to see you. God bless.